right. Hello and welcome. We are back and we are here with the talk about the world of soccer. Before we get into the very prefaced conversation about the Euro Super League we'll be doing today, uh, if you haven't picked up on what if, that. What if, we just shot, what if we just shocked them and we get to the Super League and both of us are like, so we think this is a terrific idea. This, this is, is finally what soccer needs. <laughs> I just want to say how happy I am. And I just think that Florentino Perez has all of our best interests in heart and not at all his own. Um, if I know Real Madrid and Barcelona, they are always concerned about everybody besides themselves. Yikes. Oh, you guys are in for a treat today. Okay, but let's talk Champions League and Europa League. We'll start off in Europa League. Uh, we had some quarterfinals action um, take place and the semifinals are now set. Um, yeah, we had Roma beating out Ajax, which was kind of like an interesting uh, tie between those two. Uh, Roma grabbing a 2-1 win in the first leg, and that was enough as they drew in the second. Uh, People thought Ajax might sneak by, but Roma holds on to make the semifinals. Uh, Arsenal played Slavia. I mean, if you don't make it past Slavia, you know, are you really a good team? I I think the question is no, and also agreed. Um, And Arsenal wins 4-0 in the second leg after drawing the first one to make it through. Uh, Villarreal snuck by Dinamo Zagreb, uh, 3-1 to one on aggregate to make the semifinals. And Matthews, Manchester United, wins 4-0 on aggregate, probably the most dominant win of the quarterfinal stage to make the semifinals. So the semifinal stage is set. It will be Manchester United versus Roma and Villarreal versus Arsenal. What do we think about Europa League action going into the last four, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's... We don't always get this with the Europa League, but we've got two pretty solid semifinal matchups between Villarreal and Arsenal and, and Manchester United and Roma, um, all pretty, at least close to, to big clubs. So I, I think they, they look like some some exciting matchups. I, I kind of favor Villarreal to get by Arsenal just because of how inconsistent Arsenal has been, and, and Villarreal really has been a pretty prolific goal-scoring team this year. And as far as my Manchester United, while they're still my Manchester United, we'll see for how long. Um, I, I think we've been, you know, obviously we started in the Champions League, but in the, throughout the knockout round, I, I think you have to say been the, the best team getting by Real Sociedad, a team that's been that started the season really well, obviously getting by Milan in the round of 16. So I think for Manchester United, first off, because it's Manchester United, it, it, they should be winning this this competition. But because of the results they've had in Europe and had in the knockout round, I, I think it's it, you know. They should absolutely go off and, and, and see this one through and win the trophy. I think a, a Villarreal-Manchester United final would be uh, a tough matchup. I think Villarreal certainly would give Man United um, a, a good test. But talent-wise and just what we've seen performance-wise, this should be United's competition and, and should be taking home an okay trophy. I, I guess a trophy is a trophy, but I was just giving Yannick shit that one of our teams is doing well in Europe this year. Uh, but, like, are they – you know, it's it's the Europa League at the end of the day. So hope they go and see it through. But um, yeah, I, I think both both the semifinals at least provide us with some with some fun matchups. We don't have sometimes you'll get you know to this part of the Europa League and it'll be you know three pretty high quality teams and sometimes you get like a, a Slavia Prague in there and you're kind of like, well, we know how one of these semifinals is going to go. Um, and while I think Villarreal and Man United should go through. Certainly, Arsenal and Roma at least present um, some 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 sort of competition, and and hopefully, will give us some fun semifinals to watch. 
I love these games. I love these games. I think they are, you know, good teams, even if two of them upset me right now. Uh, I think that they are good teams. I think Villarreal deserves definitely a win after. I mean, they're, they've been doing great this season. They've been doing great most seasons. They just can't break through that top three. Uh, so this is a chance for them to do that, like Sevilla has done it so many times before that. Uh, Manchester United good and point. Arsenal. Yeah, Manchester United and Arsenal. Can they prove that their Premier League woes are not the only thing that we should remember about them? Can they get some silverware at all? We shall see. Uh, and yeah, Roma, Roma's always there, you know, Roma, you know, they're not, they're not top in my head. They're That's not, so top, true. they're not top six in Italy. Cause you got Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan. I'll put Napoli ahead of them. I'll put Atalanta ahead of them. Um, so, okay. So maybe they're the sixth of top they've been, six. They've been, been lot, they've been Lazio kind of go right. back and forth. And, right. Which but is, which is, which is apt with the, the Roma Derby. Right. Um, but, you know, they're always there. Um, they don't deserve to be in the Champions League. We found that out when Bayern beat them 7-0 in the knockout rounds. Um, and since then, they've been languishing in the Europa League and good for them. They, they, they hopefully they can win this tournament as well. Lots of lots at stake, even though it's a smaller tournament. Uh, and yeah, Manchester United seems to do well uh, in the Europa League. So maybe you guys can get another. You guys can become the Sevilla of the Europa League. Um Yikes! Um, that's that's just what that's just what we want to be striving for, Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that later. Thank, anyway, thank God they thank God they've earned their spot to compete with the best in the world. I mean, if it's Manchester United or bust, really. Um, as my as my eyes roll back, yeah, in my head into my drink. All right, Champions League action, a little more exciting. Uh, we have our into my drink into my drink. Uh, the semifinal stage has been set. Uh, some really exciting quarterfinal matches that went ways we weren't exactly expecting. Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Real Madrid beat Liverpool 3-1 in aggregate. Uh, it was all in the first game because the second leg was a 0-0 draw where Liverpool literally couldn't convert a shot to save their life. Uh, kind of sums up their season. Um, another team that we'll talk about, why do they deserve to be in the top 12 right now? They don't. Um, and, you know, a Vinicius Jr., you know, he's kind of been in and out since his Famous move to Real Madrid, and he scores a double that kind of secures it. So Real Madrid, say what you want about Real Madrid. They're in the semifinals of the Champions League. Uh, good for them. And uh, they are alongside a couple of tough teams, so we'll see how they do. One of those tough teams, a finalist from last year. It is not Bayern Munich, unfortunately. It is PSG. They are a 3-3 but they on aggregate with Bayern, but they win on away goals. There's a 3-2 thriller in Munich that really decided the leg. Kylian Mbappe showing his brilliance yet again. Um, you know, Bayern had a lot of injury woes, a lot of COVID problems, uh, and I think the it, it really showed the weakness of the defensive system in that first game. They win the second game. They don't have Lewandowski for both, so I think that's a good performance from them. Um, but, you know, now there's a little bit of change coming through. Hansi Flick announcing that he will leave the team at the end of the season. So some little questions about who will lead the team. I hope that Hansi Flick goes on to manage Germany after Joachim Löw leaves. That's my hope. I think that's where he'll go. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, I was gonna ask if you if you saw that coming, or if of you course. see that coming. I think so. And it's just it just is. It's not only predictable. It's like historically predictable, right? Because you had Jurgen Jurgen Klinsmann, yeah. you had Jurgen Klinsmann, and the assistant coach was Joachim Löw. And now you have Joachim Löw, and his assistant coach was Hansi Flick. And that's just like how it's going to go. Hansi Flick has proven that he can do it at a big club. 
And now he's going to do it with Germany. And I think he'll be perfect for that team. I hope he brings Thomas Muller back into the fold for his last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, excited for that progression. But uh, sad to lose Flick. Obviously, a lot of success under him. Um, but there are a lot of great German coaches that I hope can move. Not named Jurgen Klopp. Don't need him there. Um, but, yeah, I, I – I, it's an you, wouldn't, you wouldn't take Jurgen? Nah, there's too much bad blood there. And after after this whole announcement where he's like, oh, yeah, the Super League might be okay. I'm like, nah, shut up. Um, you know, it's very not German of him. Um, so he's betrayed his yeah. Germanness. Uh, Honestly, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be middle ground about it, just don't say anything. It's like, well, it might be okay. Right, Zinedine Zidane, like he came out before his game and he's like, I'm not talking about that. That's not my job. I'm not talking about that. That's all I need. Yeah. I don't don't say anything else. Honestly, right. um, I get that you don't want to get because you know to be because and honestly to be fair, at the end of the day, it, it really isn't like I, I I hope all these players and managers and we'll get to that talk out about it. At the end of the day, it, it the decisions and those things aren't up to the managers or the players. Like they don't have that that sort of control for them for their clubs. Right, exactly. Um, so that is that. Uh, but yeah, PSG knocking out Bayern some revenge for the final loss last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it is, for me, I think it's their time. So I, I, I do see them uh, progressing onwards in this tournament. But let's get over the other two semifinalists. Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel going to the final with a second different team in a row? Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, they beat Porto. Obviously, they had the weakest competition in the in the quarterfinal stage. Not that Porto's weak, but you know of the other seven teams, I would say it's the weakest competition. Um, they only beat Porto two one on aggregate. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but uh, even though Porto, you know, lost the tie, they did score a ridiculous bicycle kick um, at and the last minute of the Insane. second leg. Insane. Uh, so you know, if you're gonna go out. Go out in style, and they did do that. Right, they won, and they scored the craziest goal. Um, you know, it's another Portuguese team that had potential, but there's still a little bit of a gap. I wonder what they can do over there uh, in order to bridge the gap just a slight tad bit more. Um, but yeah, Chelsea, you know, they they've been very consistent. Get a bigger country. That's true. Get a bigger country. Didn't think of that. Didn't think of that. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> a tough, tough, uh, tough thing to change, but just tell the president we need to to conquer a little bit more of Spain, and then we'll yeah. be fine. Just like the southern we'll half, to, we'll be able to compete a little bit more. And breaking news on the podcast right now: Chelsea backing out of the Super League. Good for you, Chelsea. I am hey, behind it's gonna, you. It's gonna. We're gonna yes. get to it, and it's Woo! gonna and it's gonna happen, dude. It, we're gonna get to it, and it's gonna happen. Right. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's push through the champions, so we yeah. Yeah, let's move on because this is probably going to happen real quick, real and I, fast. And I agree. And I agree with you. I, I think it's PSG's time. But I also, my the one thing I had to say is I, this is like the worst semifinals. I, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester City, and PSG. I have to cheer for PSG, and I don't want to. As much as I like Kylian Mbappe, I don't want to cheer for a team that Neymar's on. So screw these semifinals. I'm more excited for the Europa League. Obviously, yeah. Man U's in it, so I have a, a dog in the fight. But right, I hate all these teams, all of them. One of them beat us, and the other three are just buttheads so that's all i have to say about that honestly uh, that is the right that is the correct word that is spot on Jan. they're buttheads anyway manchester city beating dortmund 4-2 on aggregate to make the semifinals jude bellingham's early goal in the second leg had dortmund going through but foden and Mares score to put pep in the semifinals the question remains can pep break the semifinal curse 
We shall see. Has not happened as of late, uh, but may just happen now. So the matchups are Real Madrid versus Chelsea, PSG versus Manchester City. The most boring and nobody likes them semifinals that we can think of. Um, I have so many reasons to hate all these teams. I hate Manchester City. Chelsea can go can go blow themselves, honestly. And Real Madrid, uh, same thing. So I'm well, also- I guess, I guess actually, actually right now, I guess maybe we are Chelsea fans. Maybe we are <laughs> Chelsea fans. I mean, we're going for PSG and Chelsea to be in the final is what we're saying. No Man City, yeah. no Real Madrid. Plus, you know, a London-Paris final. That's kind of fun. That is kind of fun. I agree. Uh, well, let's make for our pick. geography fans. <laughs> all the all the cartographers out there that are really into this into this podcast um yeah let's let's you'd be let's, surprised let's pick make our picks though real madrid versus chelsea who you see moving on to the final in this one i you know we kind of we talked about chelsea being a dark horse and then they kind of fell off but you know they, they found it obviously porto was the easiest one but a nice win over atletico i think i i think i'm gonna go chelsea i i just think I don't know. I, I'm just not a believer in in Real. I think Chelsea has, while they are inconsistent, they do have still a lot of talent on that team. Um, so I think Chelsea's going to find a way to 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 knock off Madrid. I think they are consistent enough to beat Madrid. I think Madrid got the better of a Liverpool team that had the wheels falling off of them already. And in that second Agreed. leg, Liverpool should have won that second leg by two goals easily and 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 put Real Madrid away, and they didn't. So. I think that was more on what Liverpool couldn't bring to the table than what Real Madrid did. I'm also picking Chelsea in this one. Uh, I'll go first. PSG, Manchester City. I said it before. I'll say it again. Manchester City and Pep Guardiola cannot make it to a Champions League final. It's just when water is fluid, it stays fluid. It doesn't all of a sudden turn into a solid block of ice unless something changes. And nothing has changed. It's still Manchester City. It's still Pep Guardiola. PSG got to the final last year. They've knocked out their demons before and now are in the semis. It's just a matter of time. It's been coming. And I think they're going to make the final here. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but the the, it, the question always with PSG. All right, you, you got the monkey off your back. You made the final. What are you going to do year two? And 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 while Bayern wasn't at, at full strength, I think still getting by them was a was a, is a big big thing for them. Um, and getting back to the semifinals two years in a row, I just think PSG is is poised to get it done. And and certainly City's defense has has been impressive, but I just think PSG's got too much and and. and like you said earlier, it just it feels like we've kind of been waiting like PSG and, and, and you can kind of say this for City, but I feel more so for PSG where it's like, all right, eventually they're going to figure it out. Right. And and now it just feels when they're this close. And after last year, it's like, OK, they're, they're their time is now to, to finally take on that Champions League. And I think it's just also funny that like the year that they will probably win the Champions League is also the year that maybe they don't win League eh? Like, I think that's hilarious. I think that's so, like, what I think I'm looking right now. Yeah, they're one point. Well, and, you know, and it's it's such a testament to how tough a treble or a double is. Like, it is, it, it, at times, especially with how good Byron was last year, it kind of seemed like you, you can look back on the season and be like, oh, yeah, of course they were going to get a treble. Like, it, it feels inevitable, but it's not. Like, it, it is difficult to take home, uh, you know, multiple silverware, especially when one of those trophies is the Champions League. Like it, it's, a, it's a daunting tournament. 
Right. It is a daunting tournament, and it provides unpredictable results, which is why we are finally moving into the discussion of the day. It is the Euro Super League announcement. So before we get into the talk... We come in with a silver lining, though. I, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so optimistic right now. I had such different thoughts, so now I'm happy. But let's talk about Same. the details before we talk about the discussion. Here are the details of the Euro Super League. 12, now looks like 11 clubs, have agreed to form their own competition with other clubs to follow. It's supposed to start in the fall. They will not compete in the Champions League, and they won't have to share revenue with other clubs in their domestic leagues. Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Manchester City, Tottenham, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Inter Milan, AC Milan, and Chelsea. But we just heard here live that Chelsea is backing out. Um, the ramifications are between UEFA and FIFA. They're basically trying to tear off from UEFA because they want to create their own league in order to boost the revenue after the pandemic. Um, I'll get into my thoughts about what that excuse is about. But the ramifications could be that leagues could ban their teams from domestic competition if they go ahead with the move. And UEFA plans on banning players from representing their national teams, which will affect the World Cup and the Euros for so many players on these good teams. So, Matt... Our reaction. Boo! Boo! Yeah. I mean, first off, boo. There's, and you know, there's, there's a lot of them to unpack there because first off, I, I have to say, I don't agree with UEFA and, and uh, the other governing bodies making that sort of call. Uh, as much as I kind of would support it because I, because I think the Super League is a horrible idea and I think it is detrimental to the game, I think trying to setting a precedent of banning players from the world cup and, and the euros like that. I, I just don't, I don't think that's the precedent we we want to start setting. And I think it is an example of, of probably how t- too much power sometimes those governing bodies are given. Um, like I, UEFA at times is, is looked at like as the hero here, UEFA is still not like a great organization. I think, I think that needs to still be remembered uh, and they probably do wield a little bit too much power. End of the day, this is an idiotic thing. It's and, and you know you kind of mentioned it earlier. Like the, the thing I hate most is how they're dressing this thing up, especially like ah oh, the pandemic's hit us and I was, you are twelve of the biggest clubs in the world. You're worth billions of dollars. If you're in any sort of financial ruin, it's because you're a shitty business person, and that's it. And and really the only one clubs that are are Barcelona and Real. Most of those other clubs, while they have like some financial issues. They're not really in financial ruin. Uh, Barca especially has quite a lot of debt, but because they've been idiots. But like, I, I would honestly respect all these clubs and and the Super League more if at the press conference instead of giving us you know feeding us bullshit and saying it's cake, if they just went out and be like, hey, we're just greedy assholes and that's why we're doing it. I'd I'd have far more respect for them if they just told me the truth because these lies that they're trying to say of like, first off financially, it, it like it bullshit. And the one that I also think is is hilarious is, oh, well, we want to make a more competitive league. Things need to be more competitive. What are you talking about? Have you seen the Champions League over the last decade? Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona have won eight of the last 10. And you don't even have Bayern Munich in this thing. Like Real Madrid and Barcelona have dominated the Champions League, which is probably why Real Madrid is being like, oh, yeah, it'll be more competitive. They don't give a shit about competition. Like these teams are not all equal. Tottenham and Real Madrid are not equal. And if you don't even have Bayern Munich and PSG, probably the only two teams that really can compete, 
on the top and be as good as Real Madrid and Barcelona, then it, there's not going to be any sort of competition. This is going to turn into Alabama and Clemson every single year. Like, so I saw a stat today too, that was uh, a list of different. So enter Milan, no title in 10 years, AC Milan, no title in nine years, Arsenal, no title in 17 years, Man United, no title in eight years, Spurs, no title in 60 years, Liverpool, one title in 31 years, Atletico won title in the last 25 years. What what competition are you are you talking about here? Like it, it, the, the hierarchy doesn't just like completely change because you do this shit. It, end of the day, you're all just being greedy bastards and you want some more money. And to, so stop at least give us all the you know respect of not being idiots because it the lies are clear lies. Right. You know what? I There's so many things I want to say about this, but I'll just start by making this analogy. You know what this reminds me of, Matt? It reminds me of a presidential election where the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are both pointing fingers and saying the other one is is the evil one. You know, the, the you have these these rich ass uh, o- um, owners coming out and saying UEFA is the reason that football is dying. UEFA is the reason that we're going to die. This is for the betterment of everyone. I promise it's not just to line our wallets, which is not true, right? Just say football's a business, guys. Sorry. That's all you should say. Sorry. I know you guys love football, but for us as a business, this is our business move. I would respect yeah. that. I would hate it. Right. I would disagree with it, but I would be like, I get what you're saying because that's- At least you're not doing. lying. At least you're not right. lying to us. At least you're being honest. We're like, uh, we want more money. Right. Exactly. On the other hand, UEFA coming out and saying, yeah, so it's our way or the highway, and all of you guys are going to get banned now. It's just like the Democratic Party coming out and saying, um, we're the virtuous ones, and we have nothing else. We have no, you know, no... We've never done anything wrong. We've never done anything wrong. We are the party of the people. It's also bullshit, right? But yeah. but I, I the only reason why I'm slightly less mad about it is because I think that they do kind of have to make a drastic war about it if they're going to keep the owners from doing it. I, I really do. So I think they do have to institute that. I have so many things today. Not only are these I just don't people- know. I just don't know if legally they can. I mean, I, that that's part of it too. Like at the end of the day, we have to also recognize that all of these clubs are business entities, and so telling a business that you can't do what they want with their business, there, I, I don't really know legally how much like precedent there is to stop that. It's going to have to be a real legal battle of. Uh, I mean, I, first off, I think the way that we get it done is, is or get it shut down is public pressure and fans and everything. And that's already clearly what's happened with the Chelsea decision. That That is what's going to get this shut down. Fans saying, I'm done. And right. as a Manchester United fan, I'm telling you right now, if they go down this path, that flag I have isn't getting flown anymore. I'll become a Bayern fan. I'll become a West Ham fan. I'm not going to support Manchester United. And that's what we as fans and as the soccer world have to do. Legal-wise, if they go down that path... I think there's really, you know, the only option to to prevent this is to prove that making this Super League would have drastic ramifications across the board for hundreds and hundreds of other clubs, which I think it would. Like, I think that argument can be made, uh, but I, I think they'd have to go through that and, and kind of make the argument that these 12 clubs or 11 now um, are, are basically creating a sort of cartel. Um, I, I think that's really the only kind of legal avenue because i'm not sure just straight up i don't think they can be like hey you can't do that like i think they're gonna have to prove in court why they can't do that and which is why again i think it really is going to come down to 
us supporters, uh, us supporters of these 11 clubs and, and just soccer fans in general. Right. I mean, I, I, I disagree only because I think UEFA, UEFA, for example, owns the European national, the European championships. They are the organizers of the European, the Euros, right? So they very well can ban players that, that are not in agreements. It's like, it's like a union, you know, it's, it, it's not. Right. But there's no, there's no, like, there's no legal, like, there's never been a, oh, since you're in this league, you can't like, that's, that seems incredibly unfair. It is unfair, but it's not like soccer is governed by a governing body that is fair. It's never been governed by a governing it, body. But it would be. I mean, this is something that's going to go to international court. Right, but what I, I don't know if the international court is going to be able to say either way definitively. Like, I don't think... Yeah, 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 that's that's why we go to court. That's right. what, we, that's yeah. what they say so, definitively. But, which is but, why, I mean, that's why I'm saying like, they're going to have to make this argument because otherwise, because just being, because UEFA just saying, oh, we want to ban them because we don't think they should be able to do this. That's really not much of an argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, like they're they're going to get challenged by that and it's going to go to court is, is what I'm saying. Like there's, UEFA is not going to be able just to say, we're marking this down and this is happening. They're going to fight that back. And I think they should, because I, I think it's, I think it's stupid to... And I think it's unfair to the players to like put this on, put the onus on them. I, I like, I don't think like nothing, not all these players got together and were like, Hey, let's create a super league. Like it was the greedy owners. Right. And that's the other thing I want to talk about this, right? Not only is this decision greedy, like I, I, I want to say, you mentioned all the teams that haven't won trophies, which is a, it's a great point. Like why should the top 12 teams include half the teams that suck right now? Liverpool can't even go out and beat Leeds in their first game after this announcement. Why should they be in this? Right? Why shouldn't Leicester no, Liverpool, be in this? Well, honestly, Liverpool is probably the English team with the best argument since they did win the champion. But like United, as a United fan, they don't deserve to be there. Right. Arsenal, and why doesn't, why doesn't, them? Why doesn't Leicester? Why shouldn't Leicester be there? Leicester's been in the top three. They won as many championships as Liverpool in the last couple of years. Like, yeah. what? How was the decision made? You know. And also, these are also a lot of teams that are full of corruption. Manchester City can't stop getting, getting breaking rules. You know, Real Madrid and Barcelona are both in bankruptcy for their own volition. And for them to use the pandemic as an excuse is not only a lie, it's disgusting. They should be ashamed of themselves to use something that has actually been a huge impact on everybody in the world as an as a scapegoat for them to make more money. It's disgusting. They're despicable. They're bad people. They're not just greedy. They're bad people for doing that. It's when people look at someone dying on the street and use an excuse for them to get something more. It's disgusting. Florentino Perez, who would be the president of the Super League, he's a snake. He always has been at Real Madrid. And, you know, I'm just really happy that I can claim that my team, you know, Bayern and PSG are the two big teams we talked about, kept out. You know, it just makes the excuse more. Two best teams from last year not in agreement. There's a message, right? And I think that here's what I'll say. There's a rule in Germany that people don't really know about if you, unless you're a German soccer fan, right? It's called the 50 plus one rule. And basically the 50 plus one rule in Germany states for the reason that we are in this fight right now, it states that clubs and by extension, the fans hold a majority of their own voting rights under DFL rules. So a single commercial investor or the conglomerate of commercial investors that own a team can never have more than 49% stake in a club. 
You know why? Because soccer clubs are rooted in the communities. And so the communities should always have the majority stake so that you don't have these investors coming over, buying the whole team up, and then using it as if it's as if it's a hotel that can just be moved. It's not. It's a team. It's sport. There's a reason we love it, and it's not because it's profitable. I mean, there's even talk, Matt, about decreasing the 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 game time from 90 minutes to to a company waiting yeah, that's not that's not gonna happen he's just being just an, like, he's just being an idiot right now i mean right. that guy like he, he's just talking out of his talking out of his like ass and and it is it's it's really and i think real like i'm not excusing manchester united but it is it's real and barcelona they've been two of the greediest and and just like evil clubs for some time the the things they've done in la liga have hurt a lot of those clubs already um I, I think, you know, Bayern Munich and, and PSG, there's also no reason for them to join. They dominate their countries so much. But, you know, it, if you're going to make the argument that this is going to make it like the most competitive thing and you're leaving out two of the top four teams in the world, then it doesn't really sound all that enticing. Like, I, no thanks. Right. And also, like, I'm sorry, you would have to show me, show me the receipts is what I want to say. Show me the receipts of you never losing to the lower clubs that you think there's no competition. Cause we see it happen every week. We see it happen every week where the lower teams do stuff that not supposed to March. I know it's a different sport, but March madness. When do we ever see? I mean, we saw the top two teams. Fine. They went to the final, but apart from that, all the all the teams that lost and won, that is the point of sports. If you just have the same teams being rewarded for what they should be and not what they actually are, then what what is the what is the point of all of this? You know, it'll save the clubs involved, not football as it stands. You know, maybe you should be more fiscally responsible instead of blaming everything on the pandemic. There's no care about the fans. The Liverpool reaction was hilarious, where the Leeds players came out in earn it shirts and then their own fans came out and said, RIP Liverpool exactly what i want to see because these teams the, the people that should be most pissed off are their own fans we can all be pissed off but as a liverpool I'm, fan you're, i'm yeah. pissed yeah i'm pissed as a united fan i don't want the, i don't want to go down this shit like it and it, it infuriates me and, and like i said that's the and i think the english clubs are the are really we've already seen chelsea go they're the ones that are gonna have to get pushed because look we know barcelona and real madrid do not give a fuck we we they can we can put as much public pressure on them as they want. They don't care. And honestly, I don't have a ton of faith in the Italian clubs. But I think the English clubs, there's a little there's more ability to put pressure on them, and there's more of them. If you lose those six and they've already lost one, then it crumbles. Like that that's half your team your you know lead right now. Right. Right, exactly. And I also think that like it's it should be where the revolt happens because England is the birthplace of soccer. It's where the soccer and football are, you know, ingrained into the communities. Like Chelsea wasn't started by a bunch of rich owners. Chelsea was started by dock workers. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not for these rich owners to come in and own and own them and say we don't care about about any kind of tradition here. It's it's just disgusting. And I think that's And I can, I, I love get what Gary Neville said too where he's like he's like, you know, I I guess I I kind of get it from Chelsea and Manchester City and Tottenham's perspective. They're, they've got some new money into these clubs. They've kind of changed their their perspective and all that stuff. But he's like, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Manchester United are three of the oldest clubs in the world, particularly in the country. And like for them to turn their back on the history of of their league and, and of of the you know just soccer in general is is pretty despicable. And, and I think too, it takes away like 
soccer, something I fell in love with soccer is how different it is from, from American sports. And like, I've got a, a cousin who his favorite team is Fulham. Fulham just staying out of the relegation zone is a huge accomplishment for that team. And their fans love it. Like I, I get from the outside perspective, somebody would be like, oh, well, Fulham's not even competing for trophies. Why do their fans care? It's because like in this kind of pyramid hierarchy, teams have different goals each year and they're still able to attain those goals. Like, yeah, I guess maybe it would be fun if all 20 teams in the premier league were able to win, but it's kind of, you know, cool just seeing the different goals that each team had. Like if new, like if West Ham right now sitting in the champions league, that would be a huge accomplishment for West Ham and their fans would be absolutely ecstatic. Like, I, I think that's such a special thing that really only soccer has. Right. And, and I also think that like, saying it's because people are losing interest in soccer is also not true. Like, I think like, yeah, it's not, I, you know what people, it is? People are just viewing, people are viewing sports differently. It's right. Happens. In general. Like, I think you can look across every single major sport and say, there's not as much interest. There just isn't because things, the society is different. And, and I, you know, and I, I would say too, I think interest is the wrong word. I think there's not as much game to game, maybe viewership. But I think the interest, like, I remember the NBA, like, one time, you know, Cuban was talking about how people aren't, wa- like, people aren't watching NBA games as much. But if you go on Twitter, there are thousands and thousands of people constantly talking about the NBA. Like, people are still invested in the sport and still enjoy the sport. Maybe we don't sit down and watch every single game because, you know, people stream stuff now or, you know, the younger generation gets most of their entertainment from, like, YouTube and that sort of stuff. Like, the way we intake the sport has become different so i i I think it's i think it's wrong when these older guys are like oh people don't like the sport because the viewers are down well yeah viewers in the traditional sense probably is down but i don't think interest in general is right and you know like you know what it reminds me of it's like if if you're a good business person if you're in charge of this club and you're a good business person you have two options when something hard comes across this the line right you can adapt like a good pers- business person should be able to. You can adapt your model and, and adapt it to the changing environment. Or you can find a loophole and cheat your way through. And they have chosen to find a loophole and cheat their way through. And, you know, if that's what they want to be remembered for, fine. And you know what? If this happens, Matt, and, and in 10 years, you know, the Euro Super League is super fun to watch, I won't care. I really won't care. You know why? And I, and I just I will I will forever remember the names of these people that that did this. Um, I'm so much more hopeful. I obviously had us ending this conversation with us saying, what do we think is going to happen? And I said, it's going to happen like there's nothing we can do. Um, we can be outraged. But I don't know if if they, they took that into account when they didn't even consult the managers or players about it before doing it. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't know if they took it into account. These dumbass, greedy motherfuckers. They don't they don't really give a shit. Right, but that's I, what I'm saying. I, you know, like they took into account that they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? So they already right. They already don't give a shit. But so I, why would they give a shit? Uh, but then again, I would go back to like because I think that the kind of the the catalyst of this are Real Madrid, Barcelona, who I agree they don't give a shit at all, and they're probably they would go through with this no matter what. Uh, but I, I think the other clubs. I, I actually I had I said that I was going to go optimistically with this thing because I do believe the public just perception and the response. I mean, like I said earlier, and I think last episode, has there been a single person that has been like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. 
I haven't even seen many soccer pundits say, mm-hmm. you know, this might Manchester City just see public that's public. It's that's over. Then. It's it's and I, I guarantee you right now, by the end of the day, every single English club will be out and this thing's done. And, I mean, we didn't even have to have the conversation. This thing's done with it, it is. And, and it was because because the public so powerfully was like, we are going to rail against this and we are not going to allow you to do that. And I, I, you know, it reminded me too, like the one thing that I I did love with all this was the soccer community as a whole, all of us coming together and being like, what the fuck? We don't like this. We are not cool with this. And like, it was, and that's what soccer is to me. Like soccer is so, it is such a global game. And I'm sure you feel the same way about this. It's, we, we get this less in New York, but like when you're in Iowa, and you talk to a, a soccer fan. Like I was wearing a Manchester United hat the other day. And this dude was like, hey, Manchester's blue. Just even that. I was like, oh, sweet. What's up, man? Like it's this sort of like fraternity. And, and I love that that the soccer community has stepped up all together, fought it. And it looks like the, the tide is turning for the better. And that has me extremely happy. It's just it's a win for sport rather than a win for individuals or for a team. It's a win for the sports community. And ah, I get it. I get these things are business and I get these guys want to make some money. I, that, that's fine. At some point, haven't you made enough money? Right. I agree. Like, yeah, exactly. And if you're not winning enough to get those winnings to push your club forward, maybe you shouldn't be as dominant. I'm sorry, Real Madrid. If you don't, if you win, you won four Champions League in a row and then you didn't win any. And then you're like, why are why are we have no more money? And it's like, because you're not good anymore. What happened? What happened? That doesn't mean you should be making the same amount. You shouldn't be. You should perform, and that's how you make money. And, you know, I'm just so happy. A win for public opinion. A win for soccer fans everywhere. Um, I'm just – I'm i going to spend the rest of the day watching these clubs leave and, and cheering about it. Um, and, and you know what? And you know what I'll say? I've always held in contempt um, – England and Spain and Italy kind of all together. I don't like any of those countries very much, but I I will give some respect to England today. I will give some respect to England today. I think that they they picked tradition over money. Even if it was forced, they picked their fans. They didn't have to. They picked their fans and I and I respect that. You know, it, it, I, there was as, and as somebody who watches so much English, I was like I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like the the pre- the pressure of that and and in England was really the the one that was going to have to fall because, like we said earlier, it wasn't it wasn't going to be the Spanish clubs and probably wasn't going to be the Italian clubs. No, they they are completely corrupt all the time. All of those clubs are so corrupt all the time. And you know what? What do we think happens to the? I mean, not that I think like legally anything's going to happen, but like we had one day. I've never seen one day of outburst cause people to change their minds in one day. So like. What do we? What Especially are we in soccer, right? Where like <laughs> changes anything. There's a lot of egregious things that happen in soccer pretty consistently, and most of the time it's like, oh yeah, this is bad, and then it like gets swept under the rug, right? Like VAR is still here, even though it's atrocious. Like I, you know, here's what I'll say. Set, what do we? Set bladder was in control for <laughs> decades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. What do we think happens to the owners? Like, do you think they lose respect from their boards? Like, I mean, obviously they're not going to get ousted, but you know, it's a bad call. It looks really bad for like the Glaciers and 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 Perez. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know because I, the bad, I mean, the thing with most of those owners is they're already not, I mean, I've hated the Glazers for my entirety as a Manchester United fan. They're, they're idiots. They're not good owners and they're not good at making a competitive football club. So I don't know. I, I think there, I, we'll see kind of two, maybe, especially on the ground, like in England, what the fan reaction still is. Cause obviously like Arsenal, there's been a, a ton of, of pushback against Stan Kroenke. Um, we'll see if like flipping the switch helps put them back in, into the light and, and, and maybe people being like, okay, good. You do understand what this means. Or if they stay under the hot coals, I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to, to gauge, especially because a lot of these uh, owners are already not loved all that much, but they say the owners because they can. You know what? This reminds me of this. This reminds me of Avengers Endgame, where Doctor Strange lifts the one finger. This is the one way, and it's the England club. <laughs> it's, Stop, it's the funniest thing you've ever said. It does. We beat Thanos. We did. The balance has been restored. Uh, Marvel. Oh. <laughs> God, uh, so funny. Um, no, happy to end. Guys, I never thought this is how the podcast was going to end. I thought we were going to rail it. And Yannick I'm- said to me before we started recording, just to warn you, I'm going to be really pissed today. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> right, and now I'm not. I mean, that's the beauty of this podcast. That is the beauty of sports. We are talking live action here. You're not hearing this is live television, baby. This is, if you could see us, how we got our reactions here on our phones. That That's why we do this. It's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Well, with that, Matt, we enter the ending of our episode, which always starts with a... Cool down. Ah, but I'm feeling so good about this. Uh, so we'll continue oh. to give you guys bring updates. on those bring on those hot fire um, questions. Yeah, I just didn't think it was going to happen like this. Yeah, I mean, who knew? Um, who knew? Not me. Who who would have thought? <laughs> who thought? Not me. What is that? What is that? Paul Rudd. Uh, that Paul Rudd video. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, hey. Who would have thought we'd be here doing this? Not me. Not, not me. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, we're, we're happy to have, uh, talk to you today. Uh, I, I, my question for this podcast, uh, that Matt's going to answer for me, uh, just on the vein of the Euro Super League decision, what's something that your favorite team did that made you go, what the absolute fuck in a bad way? <laughs> Besides Sands, the, the joining the Super League, I yes. was thinking about doing, um, Tom Cleverly over Paul Pogba. Because that was a, a pretty questionable decision by old Fergie. But, you know, he, he's made most good decisions out of his life. So I'm going to go uh, when Iowa basketball pushed out Tom Davis. Um, truly, like, a, a terrific head coach. Had a ton of success at Iowa. Obviously, we haven't been back to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament since we pushed him out of, of Iowa City. Uh, and it was just, like, dumb, greedy fans. And, and it's kind of the school that thought, there was grass was greener on the other side and it wasn't. And he was a terrific head coach and I think would have helped lead, you know, the, the school for, for several more years. He went to Drake after uh, Iowa pushed us out or Iowa pushed him out and, and had a lot of good success there. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's my, what the fuck. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I don't know much about Iowa basketball, but you have mentioned Tom Davis on multiple occasions in this podcast. So he's a G. Like- I feel like I've I've heard that one. Um, mine is 
after winning the treble in 2020, 2012 and 2013, and then winning the World Cup in 2014, somehow Bayern just said, oh, you know, Tony Cruz, he's expendable. What? Like, what? Like, what? Why? I will still never get that decision. I mean, I get that, like, Tony Cruz might have wanted to go to Real Madrid. I 100% get that. But to sell him for 40 million? Are you kidding me? He, we haven't had a great midfielder since then. I mean, think what Byron could have been with like a great central midfielder like Tony Cruz in all of these times with Robin, with Ribery. I mean, through the rest of, we could have won another two trebles, honestly. And like, we've been and looking. We, for, hey, you saw what we did at Real. Right, exactly. And it's just like, I've never understood. He was like a Byron boy. And I remember he went out on loan to Leverkusen and I was like, Guys, you're letting him go. Don't do that. Oh, my God. He's so good. He was in the youth system already. He was really good. And then we got him back. And I was like, yes, Tony Cruz. He's a Bayern guy. And then they fuck, they let him go. You know, it just reminds me of Schweinsteiger, except at least Schweinsteiger was at the end of his career a little bit. Whereas, right. whereas yeah. Tony Cruz was in his damn prime. He just, like, led mm-hmm. Germany to a World Cup win. And they were like, yeah, $40 million, That's enough. I, that's That sounds good. Um, you know, at least get 80 honestly, or 60 you know, let's split the difference there a little bit. Um, but that's mine is Tony Cruz getting sold to Real Madrid where he's a stalwart to this day. All right. With that, I was gonna, are- I was going to maybe even do Ronaldo leaving, but like that one was probably bound to happen just money wise. But I still I don't know how you, I, when you have a player that good. I don't know how you ever say, yeah, we'll take that money. Like I, right. It was Ronaldo. Yeah, and he could have, I mean, who knows what could have happened on it. I mean, many Champions League wins, many Premier Leagues, um, for sure. Uh, R.I.P. those chances. Um, let us get into the quick fire questions section. Uh, you know, I think we've had a lot of a lot of uh, drama already in the podcast. So I, these are more like opinion quick fire questions. I just want to test your knowledge, not knowledge, uh, test where you're at in terms of what you think about these things. All right, MVP check. We're, we're, we're tuning into the NBA for an MVP check. There's been a lot of talk. Obviously, when we last spoke, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic were like the two we were looking at. Now Steph Curry is heating up MVP chance at the game yesterday that he played at. He's hitting threes like ridiculously. So MVP check, Matt. Who do you think will win an NBA regular season MVP? I, I certainly think Steph deserves to be a part of the conversation because of how insanely he is playing. I, it's, it, you know, one of those kind of streaks you see out of a player that you're just like, you are unstoppable. Um, so I think he deserves to be a part of the comp- conversation. I don't think Golden State's having enough success in general for me to be like, okay, you deserve the MVP. So for me, it is Joel Embiid right now. Um, we've talked a lot about this on on the podcast of like, Joel Embiid clearly has everything to be one of the best players in, in the league and, and be a dominant center. And finally with Doc Rivers and this year, Something's clicked with him, and we're finally getting to see the 100% Joel Embiid, not the 80% that he's shown us throughout most of his career. So I'm going to go with Embiid. They're they're top of the East, um, and uh, it's because of him. All right. Well, I'm going to give you some stats, see if these change your mind. Embiid isn't in the top – I knew you were going to pick Embiid. Embiid isn't in the top five for defensive rebounds, defensive blocks, defensive steals, nor in the top five for points per game, assists per game, or three-pointers made. None of those categories he's even in the top five for. Well, as a, as a center, I wouldn't expect him to be in the top five of three-pointers or steals. Right. Um, yeah, he probably, could, he probably could rebound a little bit more, but I, it's he's doing enough, and, and he's impacting the game enough for him, and, and he's 
he's been the best player on, on one of the best teams. Um, so, and again, you know, I, I think like the hall of fame, I think MVP isn't always just about stats. Yeah, there you go. All right. Embiid winning the MVP in Matt's eyes so far. All right. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We, we've we've had questions about how long he's going to last at Manchester United. It looks like you guys are going to win another trophy this year, which is good and bad for that legacy. So how much longer do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will be at Manchester United? I mean, right now, the foreseeable future. I, I have been a Man United fan for about a decade. I really only got like two years under Ferguson. Since Fergie's left, we've never played this well and we've never played this like excitingly like i mean van gall and jose were able to get a couple results here and there but it was the most painful matches to watch like soccer is fun to watch again from manchester united so i I mean i don't really have like i I think the foreseeable future and i'm fine with that I, i love where he's got us going right now uh is he the the best manager in the world probably not but We've we've tried some of the quote unquote best managers in the world, uh, and and as of right now, what Ole's doing is working a lot better than than what those guys ever did. So foreseeable future, I, I say keep him, and I don't see right now why there's any really reason to change. All right, but I'm going to give you make it specific: five plus years or less than five. I'd say less, just because of the nature of soccer. Right there, you go. Perfect. All right, good good thoughts on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Okay. The NFL draft is coming up. We're not going to talk about it this episode because we got our next episode, which guys will be full circle for our first year of the Two Beers Please podcast. We are back to where we Hell yeah. started. Hell yeah. Can you believe it? Who would have thought? Not me. Once again, the <laughs> once again the motto of this of this episode. Um the longest relationship of my life. Oh God. That's love. That's love. That's love right there. Also pain, <laughs> but love as well. <laughs> um, no, God, just I, love for me. Just love for me. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about the 49ers because everybody said that they went up to get Mac Jones, right? And now there's there's been reports that in Trey Lance's workouts, the 49ers organization told Lance's team what specific drills they needed him to run and are basically like running his workout specifically so now there's talk that they're going to get Trey Lance at three um maybe that's true maybe that's not who knows who what's I mean they know what they're going to do obviously what week out but you know what they say to anybody or what they do is really hard to discern because they're being sneaky about it so my question to you is who will get Mac Jones in this draft Oh man, that's a tough one. Cause I could see, I mean, I, if there's a quarter, I mean, I, I feel like Mac Jones is the most possible to slip because even though there's like those questions around Trey Lance and Justin Fields are also the kind of players that as we've seen with Trey Lance can put on a workout where I think like scouts and coaches are going to be like, holy shit, these guys have, they have some intangibles and some athleticism and, and just some stuff that they can do that like people just can't provide uh that you like you just are kind of you just got it um and and i think especially with the success we've seen out of guys like mahomes and lamar jackson that 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 sort of not prototypical quarterback or or guy that can do a little bit more than the prototypical quarterback is is certainly kind of where the the nfl is trending uh hell i'll I'll throw you a bone Uh, mac jones is going to go to the patriots 
Yes! I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. Everybody's saying Justin Fields is going to drop to 10 is ridiculous. Someone's going to pick up Justin yeah, Fields. Yeah, I don't see that happening. That's I agree. not happening. Like, if it happened and we get Justin Fields, the rest of the league is stupid. The rest of the league is stupid for letting us get Justin Fields, if that's what ends up happening. Um, then they only have themselves to blame when there's another decade of Patriots success. That's all that they're going to have to say about it. Um, but yeah, I think that what's more likely to happen is Trey Lance and, and, uh, Justin Fields get picked up in the top 10 and Mac Jones falls to the Patriots because there's just not another team that needs a quarterback like him, um, in the, in, in, in the draft right now. And I think that the Alabama connection and just what Belichick is worth uh, used to working with with Tom Brady. Obviously, am I going to say Mac Jones is top Brady? No, but I'm saying he can play in that kind of system. Similar, similar sort of, especially like the accuracy that Mac Jones brings to the table. Right, exactly. Um, so I I love that pick. I think also that the 49ers are going to pick him because you want you you don't move up to three for a quarterback that fits well in your system. You move up to three for a, a quarterback with intangibles. That is just, it is too important. Especially if, especially if you already have like a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. He fits in your system already. Like granted he gets injured, but at that point, just get someone who know who has NFL experience already. Get a, get a, get a uh, free agent quarterback. Like why go for a draft then? That doesn't make any sense. Cause you still need to, redshirt him and see what he becomes and then for him to just fit in your system doesn't make any sense so i agree i think they're going to get trey lance i can even see them getting justin fields i think that's something we could see too i think that uh he could fit well in any of those and i think that the 49ers are too smart of an organization to pick mac jones at three um i think that we've seen that time and time again so quick fire questions is over we have reached the end of the episode thank you all for joining us um, a, a really fun episode to run through today. It was it was mostly sports news updates with a discussion that turned into live news uh, alerts, which was uh, always always fun when that happens. Um, one of these days, something terrible is going to happen on the podcast, and then you'll hear that too. But today was good news, um, and that's what we can uh, hang our hats on. Thank you, Matthew, for always talking sports with me. Uh, next episode, we'll celebrate more, but it's been a great year with you talking uh, on this podcast and excited for the things to come. Uh, but for now, wear a mask, get vaccinated, stay safe. And as always, cheers, y'all.